We are unfortunately back to podcast only for a couple of weeks. There has been uh, an outbreak of the of the COVID, and so uh, we're trying to play it safe and do church right. Um, so we're back to podcast only for a couple of weeks. We're uh, going to dive back into our study of what we believe this morning. Last week, we looked at what we believe about God the Father. Uh, and it's certainly not everything that we believe, but it's, it's, uh, it's some high points. And we're going to do the same this morning with what we believe about God the Son. So before, uh, before I begin, I, I have to warn you, there's no possible way I can cover everything that there is to know about Jesus in a 25-minute sermon. In fact, I could spend a lifetime of sermons on this topic alone. So I'm just going to, again, try and hit some high points. And we're going to be in John chapter 1, and we're just going to read the first 14 verses of John chapter 1. So John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was not in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believed in his name who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed His glory. The glory is the one and only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. So let me read to you the uh, Baptist Faith and Message article 2B on Jesus. Christ is the eternal Son of God. In his incarnation as Jesus Christ, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus perfectly revealed and did the will of God, taking upon himself human nature and its demands and necessities and identifying himself completely with mankind, yet without sin. He honored the divine law by his personal obedience And in his substitutionary death on the cross, he made provision for the redemption of men from sin. He was raised from the dead with a glorified body and appeared to his disciples as the person who was with them before the the crucifixion. He ascended into heaven and is now exalted at the right hand of God, where he is the one mediator, fully God, fully man in whose person is affected the reconciliation between God and man. He will return in power and glory to judge the world and to to consummate his redemptive mission. 
He now dwells in all believers as the living and ever-present Lord. So here are the main points of the article. Jesus pre-existed creation. Jesus came to reconcile God to mankind and mankind to God, and he accomplished that reconciliation. Jesus revealed God to man. Jesus is fully God and fully man and the only Son of God. Now, if you look at the bottom of this paragraph in the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, you'll see that there are over 80 scripture references listed to support what the article says. And even even that's not an exhaustive list. I can think of references that are not listed there. But in choosing one passage uh, from, from under the list, from the list that's under the article, that's what I did here with John 1, 1 through 14. The context is John, uh, the Gospel of John. And it gives us a very clear picture of who Jesus is, fully God and fully man. So let's look at these points one by one. First, Jesus pre-existed creation. Verse 1 tells us Jesus was with God and was God. And verse 3 tells us that everything that is created was created through Jesus. Nothing is created apart from Jesus. So not only was Jesus there before creation, but everything we know was created by him. So put this on a timeline. There was never a time when Jesus was not. There is not a time now that Jesus is not. And there will never be a time when Jesus is not. Secondly, Jesus reconciled mankind to God. We looked at verse 12 last week. Jesus gave us the right to be called children of God. Jesus took us from enemies of God to his beloved children in his death and resurrection. Jesus came to give us life. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, as it says. Because we are spiritually dead until we are born again of God, as verse 13 says. The death and resurrection of Jesus brings us to life from death, both now in this life and in the future when our bodies wear out. The sin that stood between us and God has been washed away by Jesus. He has reconciled us to God. Jesus revealed God to mankind. Verse 14 tells us that this pre-existent God came to us in human form and showed us the grace and truth of God. A little further down in this passage, verse 18 says, no one has ever seen God. The, on, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. Jesus came to reveal God to us. And I've said it many times, uh, but I'll say it again. If you want to know God, you must know Jesus. Because Jesus fully reveals God to us. You must know this biblical Jesus in order to know God. 
Jesus is fully God, fully man, and the one and only Son of God. Now, this is something that, that's difficult for us to understand. We want to parse Jesus out. We want to separate him and say, okay, well, when he does a miracle, well, that's the God part of Jesus. But when he's hungry or thirsty or weeps, well, that's the man part of Jesus. But Jesus is fully God and fully man all the time. And, it, and frank, frankly, we, we have a hard time wrapping our minds around that. I, it, it's, it's something I cannot fully explain to you except to say that it's biblical, that it shows us here, right in this passage, that Jesus was fully God and fully man all of the time. He didn't have split personalities. He was both without any separation. Now, there are those that say Jesus was a good man, a great teacher, a great moral example, but he wasn't God. He wasn't deity. But there isn't any room for that in the passage we, we have this morning. Jesus is the word being described here. We see that clearly in verse 14. There should be no question about the deity of Christ. Jesus was fully God. Right here from this passage, we can see it. And it's critical to our salvation because as our sacrifice for sin... Jesus had to be completely sinless. He had to have no sin at all because if he had any kind of sin, even a wrong thought at some point, then he could only die for his own sin. He had to be perfect. The virgin birth is critical here so that he didn't inherit our sin nature. His being fully God is important to our salvation. It's critical to our salvation. But Jesus also had to be fully man in order to save man. This principle is set up in the book of Ruth. You may remember Boaz, who is called the Goel or, or kinsman redeemer. Only a member of the clan can redeem the land of Ruth and save Ruth's life. Only a member of the clan can redeem the clan. Jesus had to be a member of the clan. He had to be fully man in order to redeem mankind. It's just as critical to our salvation as Jesus being fully God. He had to be fully God and fully man the one and only Son of God, as it says in this passage. So let's take a look at verse 14 uh, and, and, and draw some meaning out of just that verse. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Greeks had a principle that they called the logos, and, and it was it, it, which logos is the word for word, by the way, in Greek. Now, the principle is similar to the way we think of fate or luck. It's, it's just this kind of invisible force that makes things happen or keeps things from happening. It was fate that we met. It was fate that you're running late at work and missed that accident. 
or, or we even sometimes call this coincidence, right? What a coincidence that, that we would meet at a place like this. You get the idea. As believers, we understand this is the providence of God. There's no coincidence. There's no fate. There's no luck. There is just God at work for his purpose in our life. Sometimes we can see him at work, and sometimes he's working behind the scenes, and we really have to look backwards to see it. So John tells these Greeks that this logos that they already believe in, he says, I know who that is. I know who that, who, who it is that causes things to happen and keeps things from happening. I know who the logos is, and the logos came in human flesh to live among us. It's Jesus. And the idea here of dwelt, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, it's more literally tabernacled or pitched a tent. The festival of booths that the Jewish, that the Jews uh, celebrated show this time when they pitch a temporary structure, a tabernacle, a booth, that they live in for certain times. That's the idea here. Jesus came in a temporary structure. He pitched a tent to live among us. So the word became flesh. The, 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 the word fate, coincidence, circumstances became flesh and for a temporary time lived among us. And we observed his glory. The glory is the one and only son. Now the word glory has incredible meaning in this verse. It, it not only means the remarkable splendor of God, but it also says, what, it also can mean what I think or my opinion or my expectations. So think about that. Jesus showed the world God's remarkable splendor, but he also showed God's opinion. God, what God thinks, what God expects. Do you want to know what God thinks? You want God's opinion on something? You want to know what God's expectations are? Look at Jesus, because he came and fulfilled all of those. He came to reveal all of those. You, you hunger for the remarkable splendor of God. Look to Jesus. I have said it many times from this platform, but I cannot emphasize it enough from this passage. If you do not know Jesus, you do not know God. It is impossible to know God apart from this Jesus, the pre-existent Jesus, the Jesus that came to reveal God to mankind, the, the Jesus that came to reconcile mankind to God. The Jesus that is fully God and fully man and the one and only Son of God. You must know that Jesus if you want to know God. And it says full of grace and truth. Uh, to be full is to be completely occupied by something. Jesus fully occupies and reveals the grace and truth of God. 
you know, we, we get mixed up on what grace is. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. It's not getting the punishment that you deserve. Grace is being blessed when you deserve to be punished. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Jesus embodied the grace of God. Not just in his death, not just in his resurrection, in every day he lived. He brought the grace of God to reconcile mankind to God. He came here not to judge the world, but to save the world, it says in John 3.17. He embodies the grace of God and truth. This word in, the, in Hebrew in the Old Testament that, that is often translated into Greek and then, and then English for us, it's what's known, it's what's so, what is solidly depended upon. But the Greek adds to that and says it's also revealing so that nothing is concealed. Jesus is the truth of God because he is absolute, solid, known, and reveals everything we need to know about God. God's love, God's mercy, his wrath on sin, his power, his justice. Nothing is concealed from us in Jesus. Now, when we say that Jesus embodies the truth of God, our society has a problem with truth. There, our society likes to say there is no truth. That truth is relative. That truth, uh, it just depends on who's speaking. And, and, and so it, it just, it, it, is there such a thing as solid biblical truth? Is there such a thing as truth at all? You know, what we hear constantly these days with, with COVID is trust the science, right? Follow the science, follow the science. Science continually changes its mind. You remember when, when eggs were bad for you? Now they're good for you again. You remember when, when, when butter was terrible for you so you needed to eat margarine? Now they know margarine's even worse. You remember when coffee, my favorite, coffee, coffee used to be bad for you. Now it's good for you. Do you remember just from this year when they told us that COVID couldn't be spread from human to human, that it was an animal to human disease? And, and you remember when they told us not to wear masks because it did no good. And now... In fact, two weeks later, they're telling us to wear a mask everywhere and to stay six feet apart because it spreads so easily. Science continually changes its mind, but the truth of God never does. God never changes. Jesus never changes. This is the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus that always has been, is, and always will be. The Jesus that is creator and sustainer of everything. The Jesus that gave life through his reconciliation, through his death and resurrection. The Jesus that revealed God to us completely, fully God, 
and fully man in a way that we can't quite explain or understand. This is who Scripture says Jesus is. This is what Scripture says about why Jesus came. Do you believe in this Jesus? Are you reconciled to God through this Jesus? You have to have Jesus right in order to have God right. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and consider that question. And I'm going to ask that you pray along with me. God, I see Jesus in a whole new way today. I see that he's fully man and fully God, that he's always been and always will be, that he's here with me now, that he has revealed everything I need to know about you to me. I ask you to give me this life, this light that this scripture says. I ask you to forgive me for my sin because of his finished work of reconciliation. And I ask you to, I ask him to come into my life and give me life and light. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.